0: you're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress podcast. I'm your host, Nadine Bozeman. In this podcast, I'm sharing business systems and strategies specifically tailored to the bridal sewing industry so you can build your own modern and profitable bridal alterations business. Join me as I also get to chat with fellow seamstresses and share their personal success stories. I'm so glad you're here and that we can grow together in this unique trade. Hey everyone, and welcome to our first episode of season three of Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. I'm so glad that you're here. And if you've listened to the trailer, you know that the content is different. So this is my last warning for brides who are listening. (laughs) They're going to be like, what is she talking about? So uh, if you missed the trailer, content. That moving forward is going to be created exclusively for bridal seamstresses. So that was your last warning. Okay. And as a celebration for episode one, I do have a free download for you that goes along with all the stuff I'm going to talk about today. So I don't know if you're like me. I love homework. I love worksheets. I love things that I can touch and write notes on it just brings you so much joy. So, um, <laughs> if you like those things too, then, uh, you can get your own download within the show notes. And I'd love to send that over to you. And if you're like, no, I'm just okay. Listening, then that's fine too. I'm going to explain everything here in the podcast. So, um, we're going to talk about five things that you can do right now in your bridal sewing business to refresh it for 2022. So these are things that like literally you can implement in your business this week and uh, just give you a fresh start for 2022. I know a lot of you are already sewing (laughs) for the season. I don't know about you, but like mostly, you know, I'm super busy, like springtime. So usually like May is when it's like, or April is when it gets really busy. And then I'm pretty booked solid until like October, November. Well, this year it started early and uh, I'm not really complaining because it's kind of like slow and steady. So it's like, okay, but I have a full um, calendar for January and I wasn't expecting that. So if you've already booked brides for 2022, don't worry. You can still use these tips. Um, You don't need to like you know, wait till 2023 or whatever, you can still implement these tips. Okay. So, uh, settle in, you can take some notes, or like I said, you can download, um, my free homework guide for you, the printable, and you can stick it in your work binder or whatever you have going on. But I hope that these tips just kind of, you know, give you some inspiration or, um, like I said, just freshen up the bids. So the first thing I would encourage you to do before you book another client for 2022 is to add blockout dates for yourself for rest, in recuperation. So I know some of you are thinking, "Um, yeah, right. It's 2022. This is the year that we've been like anticipating. You know, we've been talking about it for months of how it's going to be like the busiest wedding season or wedding year since 1984. Is that what it is? Like 2.2, is it billion weddings or million? I don't know. I'm I'm picturing the graphic in my head because, you know, we've seen it all over Instagram. Like people are sharing it. And for as many times as I've seen it, I can't remember what the number is, but I know there's a lot. Okay. So this is like the big wedding year that we've been excited for and afraid for and all the things. So thinking about adding blockout dates is like a little counterintuitive, but it's so important to preset, not only your vacation time, raise your hand if you forgot that last year. Yes, I did. And also last year was weird. So we didn't really go on a vacation. We had some family visiting, but it just wasn't a typical year for us. So um, if you don't plan ahead on your vacation time. You're going to regret it in the middle of summer when all of a sudden you're swamped with these dresses, you're fully booked with your brides, and there's no way that you can like step out of your studio or your sewing room, wherever you do your work. You can't walk away from it for an entire week of the summer unless you plan ahead. So plan ahead, obviously, for those vacation days. But I also want to encourage you to block out three-day weekends, four-day weekends, so that you can honor yourself with those restful days. And the way that'll help you is, yes, you can book out your whole month, but say if you have a bride who's contacting you and it's like a last-minute bride and um, you know, you're thinking, okay, if I take on this bride, then I'm not going to get that three day weekend that I promised myself or that extra rest. And you're going to have these dates in place to hold yourself accountable for that rest. So yes, you can fill in these rest days, but ultimately it is up to you to like honor those days and to say no. So what I like to do is have at least once a month, and I'm talking about like my really busy months. Okay. So Um, This doesn't really apply to my slower season because usually I have a lot of four day weekends, honestly, in my slower season, (laughs) but I'm thinking about like the thick of it, you know, in the middle of summer when you're just crazy busy, so important to have those days set aside um, so that you have the choice to either go back into the shop and get some work done, or you can have the choice to stay home and read and just have that rest and recuperation. Cause I think that we get so excited, you know, like, Oh man, we're getting booked and I'm going to be so busy this summer. It's gonna be awesome. I'm going to reach all my goals. But then in the thick of it, that's when you need that, that time. And I think unless you plan ahead, you can just kind of slip into that constant overworking late night, sewing weekend, sewing, and that's how your life is consumed. <laughs> So we're trying to avoid that. Okay. Um, I know that I can think back even just to like last summer when I had some brides call with a last minute emergency request. It's hard because like, I want to help, but I also know like I need my sanity, but I want to help them. And so this particular time in June of 2021, I said yes to somebody that I should not have said yes to. It was a way bigger project that I had initially thought it would be. And I knew, you know, we have those little red flags. So I knew that was going off and I should have said no, but I still said yes. And that those three weeks were the worst three weeks of the summer. And it had nothing to do with the bride. Like she was super sweet. Her dress was beautiful. I loved working with her family. That was fine, but I, I lost my mind and it had nothing to do with her. And that was also the time where like, I like I got my schedule mixed up. I just couldn't stay on top of my thoughts. And I knew it was because I did not listen to myself when I had set aside that extra rest time. So I encourage you to add some blockout dates. Second thing I want you to consider for 2022 is to create a contract. Now, some of you are like, oh yeah, I have a contract. I've been using it for years. It's so easy. Great. Good for you. I'm talking to those of you who have not yet created a contract, or maybe you haven't even considered the need for one. And I think one of the common misconceptions is we think, oh, well, I'm just kind of sewing from home right now. Or I only take on like you know, five brides a month, or, uh, I only sew for friends and friends of friends. I don't really need a contract. And we kind of come up with these, <clears throat> excuse me, these excuses to not create a contract. And, um, and what happens is the bride that we would need a contract for sneaks up on us. So when creating a contract, it's important to think ahead of the worst case scenario. And um I, I'll say that I've never had to whip out my contract. So and say, oh look, you did, you know, we talked about this and you're, you know, you're breaking the contract. I never had to do that. I know other seamstresses who have, but this is to protect you in case, heaven forbid, something like that does happen. So it's just taking that for, that preemptive strike. <laughs> So that, um, you are covered in case heaven forbid something happens, or if there's like a miscommunication, you'll have that to back yourself up. One, uh, another reason why I love contracts is not only to, I guess, protect yourself and your business name, but it also just builds trust with your brides, because they know if you are willing to have them initial or sign on this contract, you are taking full responsibility for their dress. And you know, you're taking full responsibility for their dress. So it's like, it's almost like, yes, they're signing so that they respond appropriately, but they're also signing in faith that you are going to take care of their dress. You know, you're being accountable for when the dress is in your possession. And I think that's just super encouraging for brides. Like who doesn't want to know, okay, this person is professional because there's a contract involved. So instead of thinking of it as something that you will create once you've like arrived as, you know, a real professional seamstress, add it to, um, your shop or your studio, your home studio right now. And, um, so my, my friend, Andra merwe she's a seamstress in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And she actually um, was one of our trainers in our online membership, Secrets of Bridal Seamstress. And she provided a sample contract for us, and it was awesome. It covered all the bases. And um, she gave really good information saying, you know, the more you do it, the, the first time you introduce your contract, it's like, oh my gosh, I feel so weird. What if, you know, what if this comes off like pushy? You know, you kind of have these insecurities when you bust out the contract for the first time, but the more you do it, it just becomes part of your routine and your bride comes in, you sit down, you know, you welcome them, you talk through your, what they can expect through fittings. And then you bring out the contract before they even put the dress on so that like everything is covered. The communication is there and heaven forbid, there's a worst case scenario you have yourself covered and your bride is covered as well so uh andra provided a sample contract within our membership so if you want to get a hold of that let me know okay we're gonna move on to ugh, subject of money and our prices okay so the third thing that you can do to update and refresh your business for 2022 is to review your price list and update them if necessary and I know this is something that is like ooh, um. I don't know. I I see. I'm I'm getting I'm getting a rash just just thinking about it. Um, uh, talking about prices can be um a little bit intimidating, especially if you kind of go to like an open forum and you just say how much do you charge for this? You know, if I'm, I'm talking about like these. Um, these like seamstress groups that we're part of. And I love talking about prices because I think that's one of the biggest ways that we can help each other in this industry. So there's no like national standard, you know, for prices or what everything should cost. Like really, you know, we kind of learn from people before us, like whoever taught you to sew or whoever encouraged you or was your mentor in this bridal sewing journey, you probably inherited your prices from them to some extent. And I think that's okay when you get started, but think about when is the last time that they've you know changed or altered their prices? Altered? Oh, no pun intended. The pun was intended. Okay, so um, think about first of all where you got your prices to begin with. Most of the time, it's not going to be from. Well, I know there's no like national standard <laughs> pay of what you know seamstresses should be paid. Um, so check out how much time it takes you to you know um, work on these tasks. You can have like a, um, sometimes I encourage people to have a basic price menu of things that you do all the time, like hems, micro hems, raising straps, adding a bustle, adding bust caps. Those are going to be like your standard prices, right? And then you're going to have an hourly rate. So this would be for anything custom and, um, make sure that your hourly rate is, is fair to you and to your bride. So for instance, if you're learning a new skill and it's taking you like 17 hours to whip out this new skill, it's really not your bride's fault that you had to learn something new, right? So you kind of want to be fair with the pricing because, um, you would want your bride to pay what she would pay to an experienced seamstress in this particular skill set. Does that make sense? So um, maybe down the road, your goal is to only take like four hours for this skill instead of 17. So instead of charging your bride the whole 17 hours, charge them four. Maybe you can explain that it's a new skill for you. So you could charge them more if there's that communication. Um, So, but that still might leave you thinking like, okay, but still, how do I raise my prices or what? what I would contact other seamstresses in your area and ask what they're charging. And I know that's super uncomfortable. And, um, I know that, um, seamstresses can, we can hold our cards, I, I, I can't say we, but I know some people do, they hold their cards really close. And it's like, don't ask me what I'm charging. Cause you're my competition, especially if you are comparing prices with somebody that's like hyper-local to you. So, um, I would even contact somebody who is okay. I don't know if you noticed this, if you're watching, um, and not listening, I'm like, literally like still itchy talking about money. Isn't that something's wrong with me. So, okay, I'll stop. Oh, and it's also a cashmere sweater. So it's like both of those things, <laughs> Think. Okay, staying focused on to raising our prices. Um if you don't feel comfortable contacting somebody who is hyper local to you, you can contact somebody who's like a couple states away. That's usually safe. I know there's kind of this debate of um you know if prices should vary around the country and I I do think that they do vary around the country. Like, you know, what I'm charging near Seattle is going to be different than what somebody may be charging like in a more rural part of the country. I don't necessarily think that's right. I do think that, like the skill set, you should be paid. You know, we should be paid what we deserve to be paid. But you know, our our pay scales are going to change around the country, and like. Anyway, that's a totally different uh, conversation. So I will stay focused. But I would contact a seamstress who is near you in the country. So I have a girlfriend, Katrina. She is in Oregon. I'm in Washington State. So we compare prices. You know, we're both on the West Coast, so um, they're comparable. And we had a really great conversation. We just laid out every single thing that we charge, and we both learned, like, oh, you're charging that. Oh, maybe I should charge that. You know, we just don't know until we ask. And so, as uncomfortable as it may feel, it's really important to compare your prices to other people. So find somebody that you can trust and uh, compare those prices and you can make those changes. It's the beginning of the year. And not only that, but like our world is changing so much in 2022. Our supplies are more expensive. There's there are shipping delays. There are just a lot of things to consider within just the cost of what we do. So it's totally acceptable to revisit your prices and revamp your price menu. Um, whether that's something that you share openly with all of your clients, or you just keep it in your own desk, I really encourage you to freshen up those prices. Okay. The next thing on our list, this is a big one. And I love talking about this one, um, offer an online booking option for your clients. So one of the most time consuming non-sewing parts of my job was to schedule people like give me an amen if you know what I'm talking about like um I oh my goodness I'm thinking of the times when it's like okay going back and forth like leaving voicemails or leaving you know sending emails and what about this date what about this date and um and trying to get in touch with somebody and yeah it was just always a headache um so when i switched over to an online booking system it made it just simplified so much in my life. I can't even tell you. Um, I was considering hiring somebody to book for me. And then when I found like an online clean booking system, I'm like, Oh my goodness, this takes care of everything. It was awesome. So I personally use square up. I love square up. I use it for more than scheduling. I use it also for sending out my invoices and it gives me um, reports like quarterly reports. And I haven't used um, QuickBooks. Uh, I know there's some comparisons between square up and QuickBooks, but I use square up for so many things right now. We're going to focus on the scheduling. So personally, I keep my scheduling link hidden on my website. So that means that if a client contacts me, they don't have access to my schedule immediately um, because I'm a control freak. And I I do like to have that control. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kind of, Uh, but, but a big reason is, and you know, this, we have very specific timelines that we work with, with our brides. And so it's super normal for our clients to be really excited to get started. And, you know, they just, they're getting married, you know, in eight months, but they want to schedule their first fitting like now. And, um, first of all, I don't have room in my studio to, to hold all the dresses. And then, um, second of all, I don't like starting alterations until like 10 to 12 weeks before the wedding date because that ensures the perfect fit. I know you already know this, so uh, you know what I'm talking about. So if you have been considering um, an online booking system, but you're like, I don't want them to just, I don't want clients to be able to book whenever, um, you can still have that control by having it Uh, and a hidden link on your website. And that's something that you can just share with your clients when you are ready to book with them. So I'll give, I'll share the link with my brides like two or three weeks before I want to meet with them. And then I tell them, go ahead and book out for this week. And then they can see all the options that I have available for that week. So it is such a, um, it not only simplifies things for me, but it simplifies things for your your clients. They're not going back and forth with you. It also sets really clear boundaries. So you're not hearing, Oh wait, do you have any availability on weekends? Or can you be open at night? They see very clearly what your business hours are. And personally, I don't work on weekends. I offer like one evening a week. Um, and that's all on the website. So it's not a conversation that I have to have. It's just very open and they know my, my work hour boundaries, right off the bat, and then um, the last reason why I love the online booking is um, you can get reminders sent. Like there are free text reminders that are sent to your clients, so you can even have you can even personalize the message that is on um, the reminders. So my reminders say, you know, see you tomorrow for your appointment. Please park in this parking spot. Please do not come early to protect the privacy of brides. You know, that's kind of what my message says. Um, but I love that. I love having that free reminder service. So like I said, I personally love square up, but I know there's so many other apps out there. Um, is it Calendy or Calendly? I think it's Calendy, and Honeywell. Um, and there are a couple others out there. So just experiment with those square up is also free. And I know a lot of these booking, um, sites also are free. So it's like, a great modern update. Right. Um, and I think also when, when your clients see that you have a professional setup and they are booking professionally with you, they are going to treat you more like a professional. And that's a totally different episode that we could talk more about, but that's just that professional upgrade is having a clean and easy to use online booking system. Okay. The fifth tip, you ready? The fifth and final tip to freshen up your business for 2022 is to check out your first impressions. Did they need help? (laughs) This is something that you can ask yourself. (laughs) So I want you to think about how do your brides find you? Did they see you on your website? Do you have a social media presence or do you have them all contact you through just the phone? And that's fine too. So with each of these, um, funnels of how you're receiving your clients. You just want to make sure that that first impression is clean and bright and easy to use. Okay. So let's first start with your website. If you don't have a website, that's fine. So don't worry. or don't feel insecure if you're not there yet. But, um, if you have a website or do the buttons work, what's your navigation system? Like, what is the first picture? Does it look inviting? Um, is it easy to use? Sometimes if we use, a um, like a website platform, that's like, you know, build your own website, it can feel kind of clunky and it doesn't like flow in real life the way that we think it flows like in our heads. So (laughs) if you, um, and I'm all about that, like I, I used, um, my own like website building platform to start with. I have a friend who's again, that's another episode. I'm getting ahead of myself. Who's helping me, uh, build another website, but Um, but if you build your own website, or even if you have somebody, uh, um, a web builder helping you with that, send the link to a few friends and have them try to navigate the website and, uh, check out the photos and all that kind of stuff. So you can get honest feedback from them. And, um, if you do have, I love photos and I love including pictures and testimonials from my past brides, make sure that you're, you know, including the photographer's information, um, and, um, just keeping, I can't say this enough, like a clean and fresh look on a website. That's so appealing because think about the age of your client. Most likely they're not your age. Okay. So, um, I, I know that my brides mostly are like 10 years younger than me when they come to me. So I'm not, I'm trying to appeal to them. Okay. Trying to stay cool for those people. (laughs) So this is going to move into our, the next step, which is social media. If you have social media accounts, who are you attracting? Um, are you attracting somebody your age or somebody in your industry? Or are you attracting your client, which is, you know, how old are your typical brides? Um, so, or most of your brides that you want to attract, how old are they? And are you Are you getting their attention from what you post on your social media? So social media platforms, like the top three are Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, My TikTok is really sad, so I need to make some improvements on that. But uh, make sure that you have just a regular, clean presence on Instagram. I know, um, there are just so many different things that you can post on Instagram as a seamstress. And that's again, another episode. Um, and you want to make sure on Facebook that you have similar content. It's really easy to share the same content on Instagram as you do on Facebook. You know, it's that you can even have it be automatic if you want to, but think about the the clients that are trying to get a hold of you and what is their first impression what are those first photos that they see about your business and then the third way that they might contact you is through the phone so um, if you use your personal cell phone which I think most of us do for our business consider having a call forwarding system <clears throat> so this is something again for free that you can get through google um, through um, your I can't think of the the term right now, but it's like Google business page. And, um, you can have an alternative number that you give to bridal shops or whoever is referring your brides to you and the brides contact that number. So they don't have your personal phone number. And then, um, the call forwarding will, uh, switch over to a different voicemail as well. If you don't pick up. So there are just a lot of benefits to that. I just, the more I think about it, I like to just keep my my personal number private. Um, and then uh, going back to the online booking, um, most of these online booking sites have a similar offer so that you can text and call from um, a forwarded number. So this kind of moving backwards there. So I hope that these tips are just something that can kind of just stir up your imagination a little bit as you're heading into 2022. And maybe you had an awesome 2021. You don't need to change anything. That's awesome. And keep doing what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't, what is it? um, If the barn doesn't need painting, what, or does that just refer to makeup? I don't know. Or something about Don't fix it if it's not broken. I don't know. I know there's a saying about this, but I can't think of it right now. So let's just instead review the five tips. Okay, the first one is add blockout dates early for rest and recuperation later. And the second one is to create a contract, especially if you feel like you don't need it, that's probably when you do need it, update your price guide, um, as difficult as it may feel. And, you know, I just got itchy when I was talking about it. So it's, it's kind of a weird topic for everybody, but it's a really important one to consider is, um, upping your prices and keeping them compatible with other seamstresses mm-hmm. in your area. Comparable, compatible. Yes. I think that's the same thing, right? Um, the fourth, uh, tip I have for you is to offer an online booking system to just make the the process cleaner and easier for you and your brides. And then the fifth tip is to check out your first impressions. Are they nice? <laughs> Do you have nice first impressions on your website, on social media, and uh, with your with your phone or with your voicemail? Okay. Well, I hope this uh, encouraged you. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, we've only just begun with this crazy year Oh, my goodness. Uh, if you would like to receive that free download, you can head to show notes and click on the here button. <laughs> it should say click here and then you'll be able to get that free download. Thank you so much for being here. If you love what you heard, please subscribe and uh, share this podcast with a sewing friend or a seamstress friend. All right, guys, I will hopefully see you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a review. Thanks, everyone.